Welcome back, everyone, to another episode, episode eight of the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. I am your host, Maverick Levy, and that's always, I'm always going to be your host, but I just want you to know that. I want you to know my name, and I want you to know everything you can know about me so you can remember the type of host that I am for the show. But today's guest is also someone that I want you to know, and I want you to be able to reach out to them. So when this episode drops, you can go to the website, tbotbpod.com. You can find her information on there. And stop sleeping on the podcast social media pages at tbotbpod. Follow them, interact with them, DM it. Someone's going to answer if you have a question, if you want us to have a different topic on the show, if you want me to bring on another guest, let me know, whatever it may be. I am here to help you, so I want to be a resource. So utilize it, interact with me, like I said. Now, switching gears for a second, everyone, please remember that the discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only. I cannot predict and do not guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided. You should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed. Now, the topic of today's episode is one that is very relevant always, but especially during this time of the year because it's almost election time. And with that being said, I want to remind everyone to vote. Don't say my vote doesn't matter. Get out there and vote for whoever you support. Now, my guests and I are going to be talking about something that is very relevant in today's world because it is the topic of health insurance. And we're going to be discussing the basic ins and outs of health insurance, how it works, how you can obtain it, the different kinds of it, what it covers, what it may not cover. But all these different things are so important because, again, it's another one of those topics that we're not taught in school, but is definitely maybe not essential in life, but you should have it. And I think that you should see it as a necessity. So without further ado, I want to welcome my guest on today's show, Leah. She is the owner and president at Health Insurance USA. So welcome to the show, Leah. Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me, Maverick. Yes, I'm very happy. And this is why I have the Dust Brothers producing this podcast, because as I sit in my home in a suburb outside of Detroit, Michigan, Leah is all the way down in Miami, Florida. And when you listen to this, you might hear it and think, wow, it sounds like they're in the same room. But that's because I have the best of the best podcast producers and they do their job. And that's why I have them. So before we get into the interview, Leah, I always introduce my guests and I want the listeners to get to know them. I want them to have a little background information about yourself. So with that being said, where did you grow up? Did you always live in Florida or how did you end up down there? Um, yeah, born and raised in Michigan, um, south of Detroit, suburb south of Detroit. And I lived there until January 2013. And I didn't want to say I lived in Michigan my whole entire life, even though Michigan is amazing and gorgeous in spring, summer and fall. Um, but the, you know, the winters are nice too, if you you know, have those outdoor activities. And I started interviewing in South Florida and I was actually a professor at the time. So I was doing a lot of contract teaching work, also some revising of curriculum, creating curriculum. And that was my specialty. And of course I went to school in Western Michigan University, Eastern Michigan University, got my bachelor's, master's. 
I started working on my PhD and sat enough to say I'm two courses away, but because I switched careers into the health insurance industry, I just have not finished that. So maybe I'll finish it one day when I'm 80 or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. So how did you end up getting into the health insurance industry and selling health insurance? So because I was a contract worker at several universities throughout the U.S., um, I came across an ad on LinkedIn and I needed health insurance because I was a contract worker. And that person is now my boss who sold me my health insurance plan. But it really, you know, it saved my life because I was able to get on a decent plan with good benefits and I didn't have to pay an arm and a leg, right? I was off my parents' health insurance plan and I need I needed something for a catastrophic event. That's really all young people are worried about, right? And so he is now my boss and I saw kind of what he was getting himself into, but I never wanted to switch over into the health insurance industry because I went to school to, you know, be in the higher ed industry. And I didn't want to give that up because I, you know, paid a lot of money for my degrees. I got some partial scholarships and for volleyball, um, but that's a whole different story (laughs) (laughs) and uh, another chapter of my life. And um, so I was kind of assisting him and I was still teaching and revising curriculum, you know, full time. And then I saw how he was really just helping people. And these people were so happy that they were getting lower premiums, lower deductibles. And it was really, I mean, you could, that families could buy another car if they wanted to. That's how much they were saving on health insurance. So I said, okay, you know what, I really just don't want to kind of go back to school and study for a license to sell health insurance, you know, nationwide. But I did, and I'm glad I did it. And, um, you know, it's just very gratifying that I can, you know, help young people, families, even small businesses. I work with a lot of small businesses too, so. And I'm glad that you mentioned that you love to help people because that is one of the main reasons I started this podcast is I want to help people. I want to extend my knowledge and bring on guests to extend their knowledge to people that don't have the ability or may they may have never even thought about wanting to, you know, have to do these things in their life, not even wanting to, they might need to do these things in their life and they just don't know where to look or where to turn. And like you said, they might be getting screwed over. They might be getting charged too much money in their premium or whatever it may be. So I really appreciate that. And I know a lot of people also appreciate when there are genuine kind people in this world that like to help others. But now that the listeners and myself have some background info about you, let's really get into the ins and out of health insurance and how it works in reality. But before we dive right into it, I want to let my listeners know that, like I told Leah before we started the show, I don't know much about health insurance. I know a little bit about it. I took a class that covered it for maybe two weeks in total. So within two weeks, I was in that class four times. So I had four classes to learn about health insurance and Right now, I'm on my parents' health insurance plan, so I'm covered in, I I believe, if I did my research, I'm covered on their (laughs) plan until I'm 26, (laughs) but but, so I'm going to be learning with the listeners today, which is always a cool experience for me because I'm always wanting to learn more about every industry and especially something like health insurance where I need this in my life at some point. I'm going to need it for when I start a family, when I have children of my own, and when I have a spouse of my own. So let's get right into this. There's so many avenues this conversation can take, but I think the best place to start would be here. Can you give a definition of what health insurance is? Yes. So health insurance is something that will cover your accidents, your sicknesses, 
um, that catastrophic event that will take place and it won't, um, you won't have to file for bankruptcy, right? If you don't have health mm -hmm. insurance, you're going to probably have to file for bankruptcy if this catastrophic event happens. You're in a car accident, you're skiing in Aspen, you're skiing wherever it may be. And those bills are going to be 20, 30, 50, 60 plus, you know, dollars, especially cancer, right? Cancer is in the millions. People don't understand this. And if you don't have that coverage um, and if you don't know the differences of coverage, sometimes people want a catastrophic plan. Some people just want doctor office visit plans with a catastrophic on the side. So there's lots of different plans that are out there that we can kind of create and supplement them to you as an individual family or small business. Gotcha. So the next question I would have for you, which I think you touched on with the answer of the previous question is, why is it so important? But I think what you're trying to say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is it's so important for the what if situations, the situations where you might need to pay out of pocket, like you said, 40, 50, 60, $70,000, and you might not have that money liquid to access to pay for these types of things. So health insurance, I like to use the word safety net. Health insurance is that safety net that is vital in life to have. So God forbid someone needs to go to the doctor, go to the hospital. What would happen if someone doesn't have health insurance is they're going to be paying for it out of pocket, right? Sure. Yeah. And Sometimes it matters on which hospital you go to, what facility, they're going to charge more. They have different rates. They have different codes, right? And they're not going to tell you this up front. They're going to code it depending on what type of, you know, Medicare and Medicaid is being put through that specific state um, because each state is ran differently for health insurance. And uh, health insurance will save you from bankruptcy. That's the, the number one reason. So what are the different types of health insurance plans that are available for people to have? Can you, you know, break down a general list of them? And then in further questions, I'll sort of ask you how those specific ones work. Yeah. So there's four different ways to get health insurance. You can get Medicaid, Medicare, you can get it through the ACA, but ACA is known as a few different things. ACA is also known as Obamacare. It's also known as the exchange and the marketplace. So that's why some people, uh, you know, they'll say to me, hey, I, I don't want an Obamacare plan. I want an ACA plan. And I'm like, hey, guess what? It means the same exact thing. You're going to go to the same exact website and it's all going to be there. So if you go to an ACA website or an Obamacare website, such as healthcare.gov, you're going to see Blue Cross Blue Shield, depending on which state you're in, right? You have different plans per state and also per county too. So there's different plans in West Palm versus Miami, right? So you can get an ACA, Obamacare Marketplace Exchange. That's one little way. Medicare, Medicaid, or you can go the private side. Gotcha. So I think, you know, like you said, the health insurance marketplace, is that a part of Obamacare then? That's where you would go online or is that something different? Correct. Yeah. You can go to healthcare.gov. You can go to healthsherpa.com and you can view all of those plans yourself. You can shop around okay. yourself. But, and keep in mind, if you don't qualify for a subsidy, you get that discount. So your income, yeah. your household income, depending on how many people are in your household, you may not get that subsidy if your income's too high. And those, okay. those plans will be astronomical if you don't qualify for a subsidy. Let's break down how Obamacare actually works, right? Because a lot of people think, oh, yeah, I've heard of Obamacare or I've seen it on Fox News, CNN. I've seen it on all these different news channels. But what exactly is Obamacare? 
Obamacare is a group of plans or policies, and they differ per state, right? If you're in California versus Michigan, there's going to be specific plans and also specific networks, really. So ACA, Affordable Care Act, or the same exact thing, Obamacare, are just these Mm -hmm. individual plans. You can choose your premium on Obamacare. You can choose your deductible. You can choose how many doctor visits you want, what your surgery benefits will be. Um, You can even add on dental or vision as well. And Obamacare is always, always, always more expensive. And you'll hear people complain about that on the news and on TV because they take anyone and everyone on those plans. People who have cancer, diabetes, right? So of course you have more claims that are higher priced. So that means you're going to have a higher premium. So Obamacare, there's no certain minimums or maximums, whether it's how much money you're making or how little money you're making or what your health condition, current state of health is, or if you have any health conditions. That doesn't really matter like you just said, which is something I didn't know. It's actually available for any and everyone. Is that right? It is, but it's available at certain times of the year. So for example, if you have a qualifying life event, right? So you got, uh, you had a baby, you adopted a child, you got married, you got divorced, you lost your job. You can have access to Obamacare at any time of the year. It doesn't have to be that open enrollment period, which is November and December of every year. So you can get on an Obamacare plan, which is really nice, I think, right? So, hey, listen, I got a divorce me and my spouse are are splitting ways. So what am I going to do next? Great. I can go to the AC. I can go to the exchange and pick a plan, right? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now let's switch gears into something a little different. And I think, again, I could be wrong with what I'm saying, but this is sort of in the private way. You're going to be right. Getting, you, know, you know health insurance. <laughs> not using a, I, I tried to do my research, but I, I don't know how <laughs> accurate it is. So let's talk about a PPO, a preferred provider organization. What is that? A PPO is, I call it a level one tier one network. It's the best network you can possibly be in. If you're looking at ACA slash Obama slash exchange slash the marketplace, they're going to be a little higher priced if you can't get a subsidy, a discount through the government, right? If you go the private side, you're healthy. If you're healthy, you can actually get a lower premium. So that's why it's really good even with the youngsters, the young people. Um, Even if you're 50 or 60 and you're healthy, you can qualify for a discount that way. So with the PPO, that enables you to go to any doctor, any facility, any hospital, you can go to Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic. They're not going to restrict you and you're not going to have to pay more out of pocket. Gotcha. And and then what about an HMO on the opposite hand, a health maintenance organization? What is that? So an HMO, I say, is the lowest tier of networks because you have to go to, well, they're going to first pick your primary care doctor, right? Your PCP. And if you want to go to a specialist, you have to go to your primary care get a referral letter to go to that specialist. Now it can't be just any specialist. It has to be in the HMO network. You can't choose. And like, let's say, yeah. So let's say you have an accident, right? And you're in the ambulance. You're not going to call up hospital A and say, hey, are you in my HMO network? Am I going to have to pay more out of pocket? No, you're not going to be able to do that. And if you go to hospital A and you're in the HMO network, you're going to probably may have to pay more, right? But if you're in the PPO network, it doesn't matter where you go. 
Gotcha. So the big distinguishing factor between the PPO and the HMO is the PPO allows you to go anywhere, whereas the HMO, you're restricted to doctors within your network. And then also you're, you have to be recommended to a certain specialist to actually go and see that doctor. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. And you'll probably pay more out of pocket because not every single hospital is in that HMO network. And in a time of an accident, how are you going to know, hey, take me to Mount Sinai. Don't take me to Baptist, you know? Yeah. So when someone asks the question of like, is that doctor in network? They're asking that about an HMO plan, meaning can I, is that doctor within my allowed person or people that I can go and see for Etc. Yeah. So if someone is really adamant and they say, Hey, I've always had an HMO plan, I said, Okay, well, let's let's take a look and see what, you know, if that doctor is in your HMO network. Also, I asked them, Hey, are you gonna be crossing state lines? Do you travel? I mean, guess what? That HMO is not gonna work outside of state lines ever. You go on vacation, wow, it's not gonna work. Wow. So it's really keeping you restricted within your local community and even more restricted wherever your doctor recommends to another doctor within that HMO. That's pretty crazy. And then what about a co-insurance plan? What does that mean? So co-insurance, there's a benefit to this because I'm not picking it. The client is picking their co-insurance. So they can pick an 80-20, they can pick a 70-40 or 70-30 or 60-40. So 80%, they pay, you pay 20%. 70%, they pay, you pay 30 For Same with 60, 40, right? Yeah, I gotcha. And then another thing is people think, oh, okay, well, I only have to pay 20%. Well, that's not necessarily true because then you have to look at the deductible. How big is your deductible? I ask people all the time, they're like, what, you know, what is your deductible? So I know my premium. Well, okay, that's great. But the deductible is what could ultimately kill you. You know, some people's deductibles yeah. are eight, nine, ten thousand dollars So since you brought it up, let's break it down for the listeners. What is the definition of a deductible and how does it work? A deductible is the amount of money that the policyholder, the insured must pay before the insurance company will pay their bill or the claim, right? So they have to yeah. meet that certain amount, whether it's eight thousand or ten thousand. And then after that, that's where the co-insurance comes into play. Gotcha. So once, so there's basically a gap. The insurance company is saying, you're going to have to pay the first, whatever the number is, $8,000. And then any amount over that $8,000 will pay. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then since you also brought up a premium saying, hey, you know, how much is your premium, which you seem to be saying that more people know how much their premium is rather than their deductible. What is a premium and how does that work? A premium is the amount of money that you pay per month just for your health insurance plan. Gotcha. So that's the money you're paying every month. No different than you're paying your car insurance every month or your mortgage every month. It's what is the reoccurring cost that you're paying every month for health insurance? Yeah, you're paying for like your car payment, right? Every month, Mm -hmm. but you're not Mm -hmm. including the tires or, you know, the radio or uh, windshield wipers. Gotcha. That makes perfect sense. And then since we're on these topics of defining all these different terms, what about a copay? How does a copay work and what is a copay? So a copay, not all plans have copays and there's sometimes copays for prescriptions. Sometimes there's copays for doctor visits. It really depends. So that's something else that I can choose and pick out with my clients as well. So a copay is the amount a person will pay for 
like a doctor visit or a prescription. And it's usually somewhere in the amount of maybe $5 or $25 or $35. Okay. So it's not too costly for someone, depending on what it is. And then let's talk about the premium, like the monthly cost of health insurance. But before we get there, I actually want to talk about, is there any initial costs of like health insurance? Like, is there like when you buy a car, right? A lot of times you're going to put a down payment on the car and then you're going to keep paying the car payment every month. Is there an initial cost for health insurance? Yeah, there should never be an initial cost like, hey, there's a $100 application fee or a $200 fee to use my services. Now, there are agents out there who do that. So you want to stay away from them. That's why you don't want to Google and put your name on any website if you're searching for health insurance. You want to go to the best of the best, who's Leah, and you want to go to the website, TBO, (laughs) TBPod, find her information. And if you need health insurance, you're going to contact her. So you're not going to end up getting scammed and paying that $100, $200 application fee, like you said. So let's talk about the monthly cost of health insurance. And I'm sure it's a very general and broad question, and it probably varies dependent on everyone's situation. But let's just take me for an example, right? Like we said, when you're 26 years old, you are taken off of your parents' health insurance plan and you are going to need to get your own health insurance plan. So let's take someone like myself, knock on wood, I'm relatively healthy, no issues. Um, and I say, hey, Leah, I want to get health insurance. What would be my monthly cost? Okay, so your monthly cost depends on a few different things, okay? And I have people ask mm-hmm. me all the time, hey, just give me a quick estimate. Well, I can't because, first of all, it depends on gender. Males are always cheaper than females, so lucky to all the males out there. <laughs> um, it also <laughs> depends on age. And then, of course, it depends on income as well. And there's also another little side thing. If you're pretty healthy, right, you don't have any major pre-existing conditions, you can get a little bit more of a discount that way as well. So let's say for like a male, 26-year-old, and again, let's say you don't qualify for a subsidy, you could maybe get something for around $150 to $250 a month if you wanted to add on dental and vision as well. Gotcha. So it's not crazy expensive. And can you just explain to the listeners the importance of having pain that people might say, hey, you know, nothing has happened to me. I may get a cold here and there, but nothing is really, you know, happening to me where I'm going to need to utilize health insurance. But can you explain how much of a safety net it is and how important it actually is to have health insurance, even if you're young? Yeah. And and I have people argue that point with me all the time. They say, nothing's going to happen to me. I, I have a really good diet. I eat healthy. I don't do anything, you know, crazy mountain climbing, hiking, anything. Right. But I tell them, listen, you don't know when that something's going to happen when you're driving in the car. It's always the other person. Right. So mm-hmm. they then say to me, OK, I understand that, but I don't want to have to pay an arm and a leg. I don't even want a big premium. Okay, well, then we can adjust your plan to be just a catastrophic plan where you maybe have a little bit more of a higher co-insurance and maybe a higher deductible, but a lower premium. So you don't feel like, oh, gosh, this is coming out of my checking account every month. Right. And there's plans out there, too, uh, where you don't have those big renewal increases every year, because if you're on those Obamacare plans or ACA plans, you're going to get that renewal letter in the mail, usually around October, November time. And they're going to say, hey, listen, we're going to be increasing your premium. I'm getting a ton of clients now because of COVID 
guess what's happening? Increases are 15 to 20% on their premiums. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. But like you said, the cost of health insurance is dependent on your current state of health. And if you have any pre-existing conditions, like if you're perfectly healthy and you're younger, is it going to, it's going to be less for health insurance? Oh yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of people that I know, entrepreneurs, 1099, small business owners, they don't know that these other plans exist. A lot of them are on a Blue Cross Blue Shield plan because everyone knows about Blue Cross Blue Shield, but their higher premiums, their higher monthly, you know, payments, but because they have that whole the unhealthy people and the healthy people in this pool. So I said, "Hey, if you're healthy, why do you want to be in this pool with the unhealthy people?" right? And you're paying more mm -hmm. premium for something that you don't necessarily need. Yeah, that's, I never thought about looking at it that way. That's interesting way to look at it. But like I said, I don't know much about health insurance. You seem to think that I know more than I think I know, <laughs> no, which possibly really could be well. the case, which possibly could be the case. But, you know, I just, I talk about due diligence all the time. So I like to go online and I like to make sure that I understand at least a basic level of how these things work. And that's what the podcast is. It's, I want people to be able to take away from our episode. Okay, now I know this about health insurance and now I know that. So I can utilize this in my life. But do the majority of people you say get their health insurance through their employer or do you think they are doing it by themselves? Yeah. So you can get an employer plan or a group plan with your work, with your job. But by the time you add on a spouse or the kids, it tends to be a little bit more expensive. So, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have the best coverage if you have an employer plan. The people who come to me... I don't know, maybe it's it's about 60% are on employer plans and they're always complaining about their employer plan that they're paying $300 per paycheck for their employee plan. Once they add on the spouse, it's an extra 500 and then they add on the two kids, it's almost $1,200 a month for employer plan. So is it really that good of a plan that you have to pay that much? And, you know, when I was in corporate America way before I was doing my contract work, you know, you just pick HMO or PPO. And you aren't really looking at those fine print columns. So a lot of times my clients go to the HMO column and pick the cheaper one. And they don't know that they're in the HMO network. Which probably isn't always the best case scenario for them because then when comes time, they need to go somewhere. They need to go to a different doctor. They're kind of like, oh shit, mm -hmm. did I sort of screw up picking this plan, which I'm sure you see it a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens if someone leaves the job, right? They've been working at a place and either they choose to leave and go to a different job or they're fired, but they were getting health insurance through their employer. What happens? Do they just automatically get kicked off or what happens there? Yeah. So the nice thing is that they're offered COBRA. So if they get fired, they offer them COBRA and that enables them to get the same exact benefits that they had with their job, but they have to pay a higher price, whether it be $800 a month, $1,200. I've seen like some family plans are almost $2,000 a month. I've even seen $3,000, right? So you start shopping. You know, if the family's pretty healthy, they can be well under $1,000 a month. They don't have to pay for that. But sometimes you just don't know. And a lot of people Google, and I don't, I always say, don't Google for your health insurance. Get someone who is licensed nationwide. They know the rules in every single state, not just one state. And they just don't sell one plan because there's 
thousands of health insurance agents out there that only can sell one exclusive plan. And they, of course, try to push you to that one plan because that's the only way they can make their money and their commission. So that's one of the downfalls. So always, you know, interview, interview every single person that you talk to or agent, I should say. And look at the reviews and see how they are and use references if you can. And here you have me on the show, the best of the best, giving you someone who is the best in their industry. So make sure you utilize that as I've reiterated a few times over the show. But now let's talk about if someone is self-employed. Like you said, they could be 1099, whatever it may be. And they are like, oh shit, you know, I'm technically my own employer and now I need to get health insurance. What would you, how would you direct them? What would you direct them to do? And how, how does that work for them? Are they going to go to a privatized company to get health insurance? What would you recommend them to do? Mm-hmm. So I always like to show them the ACA plans that are out there, right? Also known as Obamacare <laughs> Marketplace Exchange. Mm-hmm. And I just like to show them those prices and they may qualify. They have, may have that special enrollment period. Maybe they move. Maybe they recently got a divorce. Um, lost their job, whatever it may be. And that enables them to get on one of these ACA plans right away. As I get to know them a little bit better, if I find out that, you know, they are healthy and I'll take them down this other road of plans, right? There's plans with United Healthcare. There's other plans with Blue Cross Blue Shield, Cigna. And I'll just take them down that whole road of saying, listen, you can get a Blue Cross Blue Shield plan, a PPO for this amount, but if you're super healthy, you could actually get another PPO plan for even a lower price because you qualify because you're healthy right now. And you can be locked into that plan until Medicare age. So you'd never have to shop for health insurance again until age 65 until you'd have to go on Medicare. Wow. And I want to stop you right there. And this is a question that just popped into my head. So there's these different types of plans. Like you said, there's four ways for someone to get health insurance. And when you talk about ACA going on there, is ACA inclusive of like Blue Cross Blue Shield or is that a private company that's offering you separately of ACA or are they on there saying you can get go on ACA and get a Blue Cross Blue Shield health insurance plan? Yeah. So when you're looking at healthcare.gov or health Sherpa, mm-hmm. it depends on which zip code you plug in, you know, which state okay. you're in, which county. It sometimes will even make you select which county you're in. Okay. And then it'll populate some Blue Cross Blue Shield plans. Sometimes Blue Cross Blue Shield is not in that state. Sometimes they don't even offer, I believe it's in Tennessee, if I can remember, there's no PPO plans, just HMO you can choose from, right? And that's just on the marketplace. Of course, there's other plans with different companies, such as maybe United or Cigna. And um, some other plans that are on ACA can be Molina, Ambetter, and uh, there's some other Cigna plans. Those are HMO plans as well. So it really depends on where you're located. So when we talk about like the word private health insurance, you're meaning not using ACA to obtain health insurance. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Gotcha. I just wanted to make that clear for the listeners that uh, difference between a private health insurance plan and ACA. So you, there's different options there. Everyone know the difference and understand that there are different options for you. Now let's talk about two scenarios. One, you have a family and your employer is you are getting health insurance through your employer and now you have a spouse and you have a kid. So like you said, it's going to be pretty costly to add your kid and your spouse onto your work's 
health insurance that you're getting it through, but you're going to be paying for that additionally. It's not like they're offering it to you for free to say, hey, now bring on your kid, now bring on your spouse. There's always additional costs and related to more family members being added. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I do is sometimes the employee is free. Sometimes the employee only has to pay $100 per paycheck. So I tell them, hey, listen, husband can stay on his employee plan and let's move the wife and kids maybe to a private plan because they qualify, they're healthy, or maybe there's another plan that they can qualify for. And then that saves on their their monthly premium. So let's talk about now that special enrollment period that you brought up before. Can you just break that down more in depth so people can understand when a time in their life, they can see that, okay, maybe I resonate with this special enrollment period now and I might need to utilize it. So the special enrollment period, the qualifying life, right? What happens in your life that enables you to choose a health insurance plan outside of the open enrollment period, meaning between November and December? You may have lost your job. You may have gotten a divorce, you may have got married, you may have added an addition to your family, had a baby, or you may have adopted a child. Those all give you access to the healthcare.gov to get on one of those plans, right? These other private plans that are out there that you necessarily can't get through Googling, you have to work with an agent or a broker that are medically underwritten. If you're healthy, they you know do a little quick call with you to make sure you're healthy. They ask you a few medical questions. And those plans are not on the internet. They're not on ACA. So you, you really want to get somebody who, you know, you can trust. You want somebody who can show you all of the options that are out there. Kind of going off like on a quick little side note, just because you have a big carrier like Blue Cross Blue Shield and United doesn't mean you know, they offer all of the best plans. They have a variety of plans that they offer. And some of them are known as short-term plans. And short-term plans are not good plans because they only cover so much. Like, for example, they'll say that they cover surgery, but they only cover $3,000 towards a surgery. So last time I checked, surgeries are a little bit more than $3,000. Um, Way so you, more. Yeah, yeah. So you just got to be careful. You got to read the fine print. And you need to have someone like Leah in your life to tell you, hey, this is the best way to go about it. And if you don't do it this way, you're definitely going to be paying more money out of pocket. Let's switch gears here for a second and let's talk about Medicare, Medicaid, and children's health insurance program. These are actually, when I said I only took about eight classes, these were some of the things that we touched on within those classes. But let's talk about how these things work and what it is. So I'll leave this up to you, Leah, however you want to break it down. If you want to start with Medicare, Medicaid, or CHIP, just give a quick definition and talk about a little bit about how they work in reality. Okay, so Medicare, Medicare is for 65 and above, right? So my parents are on Medicare, okay? They pay a certain amount and they get their health insurance through the government. Um, Medicaid aid, right? You're getting an aid because your income is below a certain level, right? So those few differences are big to know because also Medicaid you can have if you have a certain disability, right? That sometimes can take years, in order to get Medicaid. Um, a lot of people ask me, you know, hey, my income's under $20,000, I can just get on Medicaid, right? And I said, yeah, absolutely, you can get on Medicaid, 
but it may take you months. You have to apply. You have to get the government's permission pretty much. So you're going to go uncovered possibly for a little while. That's interesting. Yeah. It's crazy how that system works, honestly. It's going to take you months to get onto that. But mm-hmm. it's, I guess that's the world we're living in. Yeah. But I mean, Medicare is really good. Um, you know, at least, you know, when you're about, you know, when you're getting close to 65, you can start planning for it. There's, you know, two different branches of Medicare. There's Medicare and Medicare Advantage. Advantage is not so great. And then, of course, you can always add on supplements as well. But, you know, if going back to being a college student and wish the things that I wish I would have learned in college, not going to art 101 class <laughs> um, <laughs> and having to take physical education my freshman year at Western, you know, are these simple things like what do you do after your parents plan, right? Where mm-hmm. do I go? Who do I talk to? And there's a thousand different options, especially for someone in that circumstance where they're coming off their, their parents plan before they get that full-time job with that employer coverage. Yeah, no, definitely. And and what about CHIP? Just I want to touch on that. You could have, you know, a young audience that listens to my show that does have kids and do have children to care for. So what is CHIP? Yeah, so CHIP is the Children Health Insurance Program, and it's very similar to Medicaid. So you have to make a certain amount of money in order to, you know, get your kids on CHIP. So again, you would have to apply through the government and that could take a little while. They actually do have pretty good benefits for children though. So that's just something, you know, to keep in mind that it's not, you're not at the whim of the government. They will cover your kids. You know, they have vaccinations, all the preventative, all that good stuff. Gotcha. Thank you for touching on that. I just wanted to bring that up because it was one of those things I learned in my class that was interesting to know. And it was sort of a comfort feeling to know that if someone is out there and they do have children, they at least have this government program that can assist them Mm -hmm. in getting their kids covered. Now, you were talking about before that young adults, right? If you're fresh out of college, you've been working for a few years, you haven't really thought much about health insurance so long as you've been on your parents' plan. But I think I said it before, at age 26, you sort of lose the ability to be on, and and it's not sort of, you do lose your ability to be on your parents' health insurance plan. So is it exactly like the day, like my birthday is December 16th. So let's say in a few years when I do turn 26, is it automatically December 17th? I'm off my parents' plan or is there a grace (laughs) period? Yeah. I mean, you need to start looking. You have to prepare. Um, I have kids. Well, I'm sorry. I won't call you guys kids. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah. We want to make you feel younger too. Yeah. yeah. I still feel like I'm, you know, 21. Um, But uh, yeah, you need to start looking and you don't think about it, right? Because you're just on your parents' plan. You think you can just keep going and going. But um, yeah, you need to do some research, talk to the right people, talk to me. I can always give free advice and you know, with my clients, I say, Hey, just let me look at what you have now. So at least, I mean, I feel like a financial planner sometimes, right? Like I'm looking at, okay, what is your deductible of this? And then your max out of pocket and what you're going to be spending over how many years, you know? So yeah, for someone who, and again, it, again, if we're talking to everyone in the U S here, it depends on which state you're in as well. So some States it's 24, some States it's 19, some States it's 19. And then it's 24. If you're a full-time college student, So you got to know the differences between the states and which state you reside in. Gotcha. So now let's say someone say, I'm no, I'm coming up to the age of 26 and I'm going to 
pre-plan ahead, everyone, make sure you take that into account. Like she said, it doesn't, there's no grace period. There's no time. The mm -hmm. minute you turn that age, you're going to need to get your own health insurance. So what, don't wait until, oh, you know, is it 26 or is it 27 or when is it going to be? Make sure you're planning ahead these things. So let's talk about now, Leah, say I'm coming, I'm 25, you know, I'm realizing the day I turn 26, I'm going to be needing my own health insurance. What's the process and the timeline look like from the time I'll pick up the phone and I'll call you and I'll say, hey, Leah, I heard you on the best of the best podcast with Maverick and I need to get my own health insurance. Can you walk the listeners through just a general idea of, you know, the time frame and how these things will work, the questions you'll ask and is it overnight I can have health insurance? Give us a little background about that process. Sure. So you can get health insurance right away today if you want. You can get it tomorrow. Um, you can put your effective date as November 1, December 1, or December 15th if you want. If you are going on a private plan, you can get on a private plan anytime you want. There's lots of flexibility. You can also cancel that private plan anytime you want without any penalty. If you're going with an ACA plan, you usually have to wait till the beginning of that month. So let's say you call me, you know, October 17th and say, hey, I want to get on this ACA plan. Well, you're going to have to wait till that next month of the first, right? So there's, at least there's a lot of flexibility. Some people say, hey, you know, I can wait. Or if you don't have a qualifying life event, right, you may have to wait to open enrollment November and December. And just because it's open enrollment in November and December doesn't mean you can get on a plan right now. You actually have to wait till January 1. It's not effective till January 1. Okay. Wow. That's something important to take in and make sure that you guys are, like I said, and I'll say it again, planning ahead for these things in your life because they are important. They are a vital safety net to have. And I would definitely add that in. As you can hear, I'm having Lee on my show. So health insurance is a part of the guide to success. You need to make sure that you have all your boxes checked off. And this is just something extra that you can do to ensure that you're going to not be paying a ton out of pocket for these things and that options do exist out there. Now, transitioning from this topic, I've seen things online when I was doing my research, like I've talked about, that some health insurance cover the cost of prescription drugs, some do not. So which plans do cover, which do not, and is it going to be all prescription drugs that you're going to get prescribed to you or is it only going to be some? How does that work? Yeah, good question. So I always ask my clients, what prescriptions, oh, I phrase it this way. I said, how many prescriptions do you take daily, right? I don't want to know which ones. I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable at first, especially if I don't know them if they're not a referral. And they say, okay, maybe I take one. Maybe I take two. Oh, I say, okay, that's totally fine. And then I can look up, if they give me their prescription name, I can look up and make sure that that plan covers it and how much that prescription will be. So it's very, very vital that I know this information so I can help them, so I can keep their premium low and they're not going to be paying more out of pocket. Things like infusions, right, can be in the mm -hmm. $20,000 to $30,000 range. Um, sometimes you can get a manufacturer coupon. You can also get GoodRx. You can use that app on your phone. You can print the coupon from your computer, and that's for any prescription that's out there. You can use GoodRx for anything. Even if you don't have insurance, you can use GoodRx. Look at that. She's giving you free info I on know. the fly right here. <laughs> so we appreciate that. So what about procedures. You talked about it a little bit before surgeries, certain procedures. You said they're costly. 
Does health insurance, all different types of plans, do they always cover your procedures and surgeries? Obviously not cosmetic surgeries, but how about, you know, things that are a necessity, knee surgery, you tear your ACL skiing, like you said in Aspen. These certain things, are they always covered or are there some plans that do not cover these types of things? Yeah, and that's a word covered that I try not to use because if I tell someone, oh yeah, it's covered. Well, sometimes you have to meet your deductible first, and then it's covered, you know, up to 80-20 coinsurance. So it's really, it's a lot of explaining to do so they understand, so they're not shocked when, for example, maybe they have a simple outpatient meniscus surgery, right? Well, what does that cost versus a hip replacement? So if you're looking at surgeries, don't go with short-term plans. And United Healthcare is the the biggest in the U.S., even over Blue Cross Blue Shield. And guess what? They actually do have those shitty short-term plans. They're called Golden Rule. And they say that they, you know, cover surgeries, but they yeah. only cover a certain amount, like $3,000 towards a surgery. Um, so you have to just really be careful, you know, get an agent to just evaluate your plan. Say, hey, can you help me read the fine print really fast? You know, sometimes I don't even need to read the fine print anymore because I know all the plans that are out there, the Aspen plans, the Golden yeah. Rule plans, National General, you know, those are all part of the short-term arena. Christian ministry sharing plans don't ever do a sharing plan because what they do is they just put a bunch of money in a pot and hopefully you don't need a hip replacement during that time where there's not a lot of money in the pot because guess what? There's nothing to pay for your surgery. Yeah. Uh, see, all this information, too, this is why you need to go to Leah. This is why you need to call her, email her, contact her, whichever way. And again, you can find her information on the website, which I've said a few times. But do that so you can have that peace of mind and know that you're protected in the right way. Now, for my next question, I use the word cover, so I don't know. You know <laughs> I'm not going to change it because I don't know what else to put there. But what about, like you talked about, dental care, vision care. I know a typical health insurance plan doesn't protect you, I guess, if I'm not going to use the word cover, from going to these doctor's offices and now you're going to have to pay out of pocket for these. But you can add on dental care and vision care to your plans. Is that right? Sure. Yeah. You can add on dental. Like, let's say you're on a major medical health insurance plan. You can always add on dental later or you can add on vision later, whatever you want, or even some short-term coverage. So if you have an accident at work and you want something to supplement you, or you can even add on you know, critical illness coverage as well. There's tons of little tiny supplements that will cover you for every single you know aspect that you would need. And why wouldn't these, sorry to cut you off, but why wouldn't, like me, someone who's 20 years old, in college studying, I would think, oh yeah, health insurance is for sure gonna cover any doctors, whether it's a dentist, whether it's an eye doctor, whatever it is. Why are these add-ons? Why are these things, or is that just part of the system and how it's developed? Yeah, so they're just individual companies, like the the dental, the vision, they're individual, like um, there's VSP vision, there's Med, Med Eye Vision. There's tons of different companies. And some of the ACA plans, if you look closely, it does provide dental and vision on the plan sometimes, but they're really not the greatest companies to get dental and vision from. Gotcha. So, you know, that's an interesting sidebar there that it's just not inclusive and they're add-ons. But again, this is part of another reason as to why you go to Leah and you go to the best of the best to make sure that you are, again, not going to use the word covered here. I feel like I don't (laughs) want to use that anymore, (laughs) that you're protected. But, you know, I want you to, and we sort of already talked about it, but I just want to reiterate it again of why it's so important for someone to try and obtain health insurance through you, 
rather than just trying to do it themselves. Or maybe, you know, they don't have access to you, which you should because on the website, you're going to have her phone number, her email, her website. But why is it important to actually have someone help guide you through this rather than doing it on your own by yourself? Sure. So if you're if you're doing the health insurance research on your own, right, you are going to see possibly the ACA plans and you won't be able to sign up for one of those right away if you don't have a qualifying life event or if it's not open enrollment. And there's a lot of fine print on those plans. You have to really read into them to see what the max out of pocket is. If you're doing your own research as well without using, you know, an agent like myself, you may come across a short-term plan, which you can sign up for online. And those are really tempting because sometimes they're $150 and those look really cheap, but you know, you get what you pay for. Yeah, no, definitely. So just make sure that you're having someone the best of the best, hopefully, you're doing your due diligence, you're reading the fine print, you're doing all of these things to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success with whichever health insurance plan that you choose to go with. And I don't want to butcher your last name. So is it T. Well? <laughs> is that correct? Everyone has always butchered it. I get too well, tool, but it's T. Well. T. Well, see, I, I didn't butcher it. I tried T. Well. So make sure you're going to Leah T. Well and you're utilizing her. You're calling her, emailing her. She said she's happy to talk to you and have the discussion with you. But oh, yeah. clearly, as you can hear from the interview, she knows what she's talking about. This is what she does for a living. But sadly, Leah, we're coming to the end of the interview. And with that being said, everyone, make sure you're going to the website TBOTB pod, finding her information on there. But first, I want to thank you because this topic is one of the biggest ones that is not taught in school, in my opinion. And it's mind boggling why it's not taught in school because it's talked about on TV so much. It's talked about in the debates. Like I said, it's always a very popular topic during election year. But is there anything you think that we missed that I should talk about that everyone needs to know or any recommendations or advice that you have that we didn't touch on in relation to health insurance? I think with, because I work with a lot of, you know, I work with individuals, you know, from 18 and up below 18, but I work with a lot of small businesses as well. And they think that they need a specific, you know, small group plan and they can go with a small group plan but they can also go on the individual basis as well, because if they're under 50 employees, that means they don't have to get a group plan. So that gives them a lot more flexibility. They can give the employee a stipend in their check. It doesn't have to go through payroll necessarily. And let's say that employee gets fired or they want to leave. Guess what? They can leave with their insurance. They don't have to go through COBRA paying a higher premium and it doesn't reset the deductibles for the rest of the staff. Yeah. And I just like to give definitions to the listeners. So can you tell them what a stipend is just because people may not know? Yeah. So a stipend is a certain amount of money. Like let's say I give uh, $50 in every paycheck to my employee and that would go towards their health insurance of what I'm paying because maybe I want to pay a certain percentage. All right. Now, Leah T. Well from Health Insurance USA the last question I have for you, and it doesn't have to be health insurance related, so you can answer it however you want, <laughs> but what do you wish you knew in your early 20s? Oh my gosh. Oh, so much. <laughs> More about finances, taxes, <laughs> right? I mean, I look back now, but I believe, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today 
helping, you know, kids, people, families, small businesses, if I didn't go through everything, what I went through in my life, you know, I mean, my, my parents, you know, taught me a lot. And I believe if I didn't get my bachelor's degree from uh, Western, and then I went back to get two master's degrees from Eastern, um, I wouldn't be in the situation that I am today, which I'm, you know, I'm very blessed that, you know, I can, I can help people. So, I just say, you know, follow the path that you feel is right, is healthy, is good for everyone else. And, you know, you'll be where you want to be. Yeah. And listen to her. She brought up that she wishes she knew more about finances and all these different topics. But that's why I have the show so I can fill that gap that's not taught in school so that people aren't at a disadvantage in life and that they can be ahead of the curve and know these things. And with that being said, Leah, thank you for coming on the show. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on. And you definitely helped fill the gap that needed to be filled. So thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. No problem. Now, health insurance is one of those topics that is not covered in school. Yes, I took a class about it, but 90% of the questions that I asked Leah on today's show, I had no idea about before I was doing research and asking people and putting polls on my Instagram of what do you wish you knew about health insurance or what do you not know about it? So make sure that you're utilizing this show. I say it every time, utilize it, reach out to the guests because they are the best of the best and they can help you with whatever you need in life and whatever the topic or it is that you need, they are there as a resource as is this show. So if you wanna DM me and say, hey, I have a question about this, I'm probably gonna direct you to Leah, but if I can try and answer it myself, I will. But again, I don't, you know, I'm not liable and I don't wanna be held responsible for something. So I'll always send you to the best of the best. With that being said, Leah is a leader in her industry. She's an entrepreneur and she's an overall, she's a good person. And I love leaders and I love giving them the spotlight they deserve. She loves to help people, as you heard. She loves that she's able to help people, which is so important. And always remember that all of you, my listeners, you should be a leader in whatever you do in life. You should always, always, always lead by example. All right. That's it for today, everyone. Thank you all for listening to the show. Make sure you're staying subscribed so you know that a new episode drops. You'll get a notification if you are subscribed. And make sure you're leaving a review, five stars. And with that being said, you can put a topic that you want to listen to in the review. Say, hey, I want to learn about this. Leave a five-star review and say, this is what I want to learn about. And we'll try and have the expert, the best of the best in that industry on the show. But as always, a new episode always drops Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And this has been another fantastic episode of the best of the best Maverick's Guide to Success. I'll talk to everyone next week. Stay safe and be healthy.